Good afternoon. This is Clinton Greg. We're doing another podcast for you guys because we were we were trapped together at work again today. Yep. So we didn't finish what we were talking about yesterday with 40k. Oh, right, Clinton. True. And yes. you were talking about some board games earlier. You want to bring up? So yeah, I mean, well, we. I mean, I touched on like the Sniper League board game yesterday. Yeah, Whenever yeah. we did the last podcast, it was yesterday. I, I forget what days they are anymore because that's just how life in this city is at the moment. Yeah, but um, and I didn't wasn't gonna really go into Sniper Elite on that one, but um, last night because we still don't have power, I was messing around with the generator and stuff, and for some reason feeling fantasy based. <laughs> I don't, survival type survival, games yeah, come exactly. to mind now. Well, I I bought the original box set for Descent, like God knows probably almost 10 years ago now it was like a hundred dollar box set there's a lot in it miniatures the little miniatures the figures the board everything and then i was trying to remember if i'd put the instruction book back in the box which apparently i had and i got thinking god evie would probably have fun playing this and my wife seemed interested in it so if we can get to where we're either have power or have stabilized the generator enough where we can use lights and stuff and in an area we might just play a little bit of descent so I was going to talk about Descent a little bit, even though it's an older board game. There are so many expansions to it, and it's a fantasy-based board game. You can actually level up your characters, the, the characters that come in the game. Um, and they've got story modes type stuff, and it's a lot of fun. That's something I think you and your wife would like, too. It's to be you know, real easy to play. Um, I mean, you're pretty much... You don't roll dice to move, you just use the dice for combat, but... Your characters all have a movement. You move the number of squares. You can only move close to someone. Certain uh, certain parts you can travel past or whatever. Combat is dependent on range and everything else. So um, the interesting with that one is combat is dependent on range. So if you are using a ranged weapon, for example, you have a range rate and you have to fall in that range rate or it misses obviously just like anything else it can't reach but you also have the option sometimes to roll dice to see if it boosts that or if you happen to still hit anyway um depending on how the dice roll they've got like most of those going games they have d6s but they have their own unique characters printed on it and stuff um, in this case, some of the D6s have two or three characters printed on a side, and depending on what rolls up determines what you can do. Also, with the person who, who's playing what they call the Overlord, or basically the bad guy, um, can sacrifice monsters for uh, power to get better monsters. Oh, okay. And it's totally their choice. It, it doesn't. The game doesn't call for it. Each scenario tells you how to lay out the map, where to put the doors, where to put the treasure chests, and the treasure chests and stuff is randomized. And then it gives you what monsters are in the dungeon, but you can tweak a little bit on how to do it. Um, interestingly enough, the 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 overlord in this case kind of has a lot more control, but he can't. He's also limited. There's certain things they can't do. You can't spawn a monster next to a player, for example. It's just... Well, that's helpful. You know, right um, the, the monsters have only certain points where they can come out. Now, sadly, if the player happens to be next to that point, then you're kind of... It, it, fate, you know. Yeah. But they're not supposed to be able to spawn a monster right next to another uh, one of the hero characters. Um, some monsters will have combat uh, specializations that only apply to them. But then the heroes get the option of taking gear. 
and other potions and other things that can help them where the monsters can't. So while you get to pick what your hero gets and what you're using, basically by equipping or uh, using, the monsters don't. It's, here's a skeleton, he has a sword, and that's it, you know? Okay. So, but if the Overlord is not careful, he can run out of energy and not be able to bring any monsters out. So you've got to carefully measure how your... I can't think of the term what they call the energy, but it's basically energy. It's um, So you're going to have to strategically think about yeah. how you're going to use it then. It, it's partially so you can't hoard mentality. So you can't just have <clears throat> two players, two heroes, all of a sudden go up against 30 skeletons. It, it, it's just so it doesn't get overpowering. So I get why they do it. But then in, in the instance when you want to pull in the dragon or the minotaurs or the bigger ones, if you don't have enough power built up, you can't bring them into play either. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, um, you have to think about... You don't <clears throat> create your character. You just pick one of the 12 characters. And all of them have different abilities. So, I mean, it's still technically a board game. Now... Uh, one of the expansions does turn it into kind of a role-playing game where it lets you, uh, you... You get a character sheet versus the cards, and you can kind of start doing more with the characters uh, because as characters gain experience points, you get more health. You get more... Uh, your skills get a little better. You get to choose uh, more skill cards. So the, the heroes have skill cards they have to draw in the beginning, and that tells them what skills they have, and then... Uh, so you start with three. You can't have more than three. But eventually as your character levels up, now maybe you can have four and you use that skill or you use whatever. Um, you also gain money so you can buy equipment and you can buy, as the module expansions go, unique equipment, special, better equipment, unique equipment, armor, stuff like that. So there's a lot to this game. There's kind of, I'm going to say there's six or seven expansions to this. So board game-wise... I've been will wanting to play this for a long time, and I'm hoping we can crack that out. Because actually, gameplay rule-wise, is pretty simple. Just a lot of little things to keep in mind. There's fatigue. Characters can get fatigued. You know, stuff like that. Um, trying to think. The dungeon, dungeon tiles are double-sided. You know, so you can piece together your oh, so you your dungeon. It bit, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And then the books themselves. Each expansion has, like, oh, God, six or eight scenarios that each expansion can play through. So all these dungeons, all these different quests, all these little different things. Chests are random, so they're little tokens for the chests. You just flip. As the overlord, you you control the chests, but what you have to do is there's three different types of chests, and you put them face down in front of you, and then you mix them up. So you don't know, even as the overlord, as the person putting out, you have no idea what the value of the chest is. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's that way you can't just short the hero. Oh, well, you're only going to get level one gold chests, you know. Yeah, um, so, well, that makes it more fair. Because yeah. otherwise you could, you could stack it against the other person it's, one way or another. Yeah, yeah, so really they try to make it so that you can't screw the player over, basically. Um. I mean, to a degree, I'm sure, like any game, someone's going to find a way to fudge a rule or some little something's going to allow somebody to get an advantage. That just kind of happens, you know? No, yeah. But for the most part, it is pretty well balanced. Combat is just, you know, you figure out what dice, you roll them, you see what they come up with, you hit, you don't hit, you damage, you don't damage. If you damage, you still subtract the thing's armor, 
if anything else gets through, most monsters are dead instantly. Just one point and they're dead. Um, but it's worth checking out. It's an expensive game. The uh, I think the new edition's first box, I want to say, is now $89 or something. Or it might even be $99. Uh, when I bought my box, it was huge. It was 100 bucks. Worth it, though. Well worth it. Considering all the miniatures you get, I bet you there is... 40 plastic miniatures in that box with monsters and then the the 12 heroes. Um, then you've got little cardboard standees for the doors and, and all that. You know, you punch out all the doors and the tokens and the chests. and uh, But it's really cool on that one. Um, we did want to talk about Warhammer, so we should probably do that before I get off on a tangent on this whole no, game. That, that's okay, because you're describing what that... And that's Descent, correct? That's called Descent. So I would... Uh, do you know offhand who... I cannot... Or? It's it's one of the main... It's the one who did X-Wing. So, whoever did X-Wing. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, jeez. Yeah, see, too many Final games. Flight. Fantasy Flight? Yeah, Final... Yeah. So, and then whoever they are now, I think they're somebody else now, but... Yeah. I mean, main game, mainstream game producer. They so, produce a lot of board games. Yeah, you could just... I'll see if I can find a link for it there put it in the description of the podcast otherwise I just try searching for it by name yeah it's, but I'll see if I can dig some information upon it it's real popular um, you were telling me about the Warhammer stuff and the, the tweaking to the weapons and making oh uh, well that just was released um, I was reading on some gaming news oh man but uh, yeah Warhammer is going to be adding a lot so the new codexes are coming out for the Necrons and the Space Marines first, but they're amping they're amping things up to probably where they should have been. Yeah. And so things are just going to be a bit more deadly, but everywhere around. Which I think would fit the Warhammer universe anyways, yeah. because it's chaotic and violent. Yeah. It's a it gets a, it's all about fight. I'm a little afraid of some of the stuff your wife's going to get for her yeah, she her stuff's going to even guard. get more upgrades. I'm like, what? It's like they're already pretty they're already and sick. Yeah, and they're extremely hard to beat. They're a very tough group. But she's busy. She took a break from the storm because we've had a lot of stuff we've had to do around the house. So last night she actually stopped to do some painting because we got the power back. And um, she painted some of my... Yeah, well, you didn't have a hole in your roof, though. This is true. So I guess it depends on how you look at it. We're lucky to have a home. So yeah, I'm, that's that's a good thing. I'm okay. I've got the roof patched for now. That's a it was a big hole. It wasn't a little hole. We could have put a water slide up there. There you go. Slid down, but uh, that's taken care of for now. And so just tough it out. But she was sitting down painting to relax, and so she started painting my my space marine. So I didn't interfere with that. I'm like, okay, if you want to go ahead and yeah paint some of the fancy ones. Some of them I don't even know the names to you guys. I I got the Indominus box and I just and then the storm hit. So yeah. Uh, really other than the week up to that I was working and trying to get some of them put together but they have some really cool collectible figures and now those box sets coming out. Yeah the new that's ones. It's kind of a different step for them though isn't it? I mean they've always sold bit, kind yeah. of box sets but these are more like a command set or they have different names so they're Bigger sets, like... I mean, they're doing stuff that other companies do anyway. I'm just kind of glad to see them doing it, because then it gives the players, the the new people especially, people who've not ever played, 
an option or two to get into the game? How much do you want to invest? Type? Well, I'll say right now, you're better off with Warhammer. If you can find a box set that gives you what you need to play on both sides, whatever the armies are, you're better off as opposed to picking yeah. up a small box of guys here and a small box yeah. of guys there. And then you don't know when, how you can use them or what you can use them with or blah, blah. I would just get, I would get the set. I, uh, yeah, I, that's so much easier. The it's thing just, I would yeah. really recommend with Warhammer right now is the fact that everything's changing. So no matter what you pick up, it's going to eventually change a little. And, you know, unless you get the Indominus, well, if you can get the Indominus box. But I guess you still can't. Well, I know I put a link out there for our, the group link. I think you can get it through Amazon still at, at the retail price. But you got to watch, like, eBay and stuff because they got people out there scalping them for yeah. way more. Okay. Now, there are there are players that I've... I'm not saying that, dude. If you've got the money and you want to drop 500 bucks or something and it doesn't phase you, you don't blink your eyes, well, then you're... Yep. It's, yep. You, what difference does Go it make? For it, but... uh, if you're like the rest of us, then that might be a difficult thing. I think I would, you know, try to get it as close to retail as possible because yeah. you could probably also still put it in order at Games Workshop. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not Because sure weren't I... they making them, last I heard, per payment? So It could be. They were doing them as people ordered them. Um, what was I going to say? Oh my gosh. If you've never played Warhammer 40k and this is your, you're deciding to get into this, uh, and I know you're going to find a lot of beginning stuff with Warhammer 40k. A lot of people are putting out articles. So I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a lot to Warhammer 40k. So before you drop any money, use the internet. Talk to friends, talk to local game shop, whatever. Research, research, research. There is so much. There's a lot of videos, man. Yeah. Watch the lore on it. Type in Warhammer 40K lore. Yeah. It just, uh -huh. there's so much out there, and, and it's whatever playstyle you want to use, but research it before you start dropping money on stuff. Those starter box sets are great. I will not talk down about any of them. They're a great option, but if you're playing orcs, they're kind of worthless to you you're better off just buying a, a book and some orcs. So it really just depends on what you want to play. There are no new codexes for the orcs right now. There are no new codexes for anybody right now. So anything you get a hold of an older codex, because the 8th edition stuff still works, eventually, keep bear in mind, it's going to change. We've already seen, just looking at what, he's looked, what you were telling me this morning about the Space Marine weapons and stuff, it's already changed from what the previous codex said. Yeah, they're they're upgrading them. They're making the weapons where they probably should have been, um, and they're kind of fine tuning it. But you figure it's been out over thirty years, and this is just the yeah, ninth upgrade. So it's ninth, not yeah. upgrading all the time, but you know, every couple of years they're doing an upgrade. But I so I really like where they're going with this one. I like that they're going to allow small skirmishes, and if you, I also like the fact that if you want an even smaller skirmish like a small skirmish being I think the maximum power rating of like 25 and like 50 or 75 points uh, depending on whether you're doing power rating or points and that's something I'll explain I'm not going to get into that right now it's just ways of determining how to build your army 
if you want a small skirmish, then you're looking at, you know, half hour, 40 minutes, maybe an hour gameplay. You can build up from there. But if you want to go squad size, five miniatures, smaller miniatures, it, it literally does say pick up kill team. Go to kill team for the really small stuff because that's what it's designed for. It is a little bit of a different rule system and it can cause some confusion between the two. Some of the really cool things you can do in 40k you cannot do in kill team, unfortunately. Well, kill team but, is a limited <coughs> movement area and it's limited yeah. turns, is it not? You have so many turns, basically, like a couple of scenarios yeah. were four turns. So you wouldn't need a big army, you would just need three to five yeah. guys, three to five figures yeah. and squad-based you know, stuff. With Kill Team, it's it's your, your small squad pulling off an objective. You're retrieving intel, you're trying to recover this ship, you're doing whatever, where 40k is a little more battling it out. But on that same spectrum to the other side, uh, you go up to 2,000 points, or I think it's a power rating of 300, in 40k, and if you're going to go beyond that, it recommends you go to Apocalypse, which is huge, and that's where you dedicate an entire weekend and somebody's basement, the whole thing, to play all your miniatures. So well, Apocalypse is still <clears throat> pretty, pretty uh, popular, man. It's cool, but for me to play Apocalypse with my orcs would take forever. It would take you forever to paint that many, but oh, just move. But <laughs> but you got to sit down and have four or five hours. But these, you can watch those battle games. You can yeah. some of them will uh, put some of those out. But there there's a lot, and then Kickstarter has a whole bunch of games that you can back. It's yes. That seems to be where people are going now to back yeah. things because um, it's a good idea, actually, because the gamers pay for it. It's yep. paid for by people who are going to play the game. You know, nobody backs something they're not going to pick up and play for the most part. It's also nice to see how people, how, or how interested people are in a game. I, I said that last time with Twilight 2000. I mean, that's a game from the 80s, 90s. It's a role-playing game. It's not... It wasn't mainstream back then. It's not really mainstream right now as well, or especially right now because it's all you know out of print. But there weren't not that many people knew what it was. I mean, they have a face group face group. Oh my god, Facebook group dedicated to it, uh, which is cool and everything. But there wasn't that that big uh, novice. BattleTech was another good one where there was. It was an older game. Their BattleTech had diehard hardcore fans, and, and Twilight 2000 does. But then you look at the Kickstarter. Now here comes along Kickstarter, back to Twilight 2000 on that one. They're this not as well known RPG unless you played the game back in the day. The premise is cool, and, and unless you talk to someone, you, there's not a lot on the web about it. Um, you know, the the older stuff is a little confusing to use sometimes, but it's it's awesome, and. They're funded in seven minutes. Seven minutes to fund a Kickstarter. I mean, I haven't checked it recently, but I bet you over three hundred thousand dollars right now. They needed twenty. Well, that's good. They got it. So I, I'm glad to see uh, the old stuff is coming back, and it's being people are like wanting to get into it and wanting to get their kids or their friends or you know whoever into it. Um with the way the world is going right now, 
uh, Twilight 2000 is a good system in a couple ways. One, it's very real. I mean, it's very real. That's it's just the way everything is in the world today with the other countries and battling over oil and and all this political. It's very real. Plus, you can slightly modify it for a zombie apocalypse should you want to go that route. It's totally workable for that. Um, while the rules don't exactly say you can do it, realistically, how hard is it to fix a character or an NPC to be a zombie? It's not that hard. Really, it's not. So, I'm glad to see that. The Sniper Elite was kind of a pleasant surprise that I stumbled across. So, that's yeah. cool. That one, I'm, I would be interested to see I, how it's going to play out on the board. Yeah, that one I don't see uh, you backing. I don't see you needing to back it. I think only one of us really need a copy. And then, and then I'm backing the one that gives me the expansions later. So I, it's gonna, it's like doing, it's like buying the. Um, oh shoot, what is it on the Xbox? The DLCs, the downloadable yeah, content. Yeah, but you buy yeah. the season pass. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah, buying the season Duty, pass. Season oh, you pass, get yeah. okay. So all the expansions that come out, they're you've already paid. They're yours. As soon as they come out, they'll send them to you. Type. That's kind of the way I looked at that. I'm like, well, that's worth the extra money, because not only do I get the cool Hitler and the crotch shot, but um, I get all the expansions that are going to come out for it. So probably new missions packs, and I bet you a few more maps and stuff like that. So that that to me is worth the extra money. But the Twilight 2000 stuff, I know you uh, you and Ashley would probably enjoy role-playing that. And I'll have to get a game together once we get it and it's out. Um, I'll probably just generate a couple characters for you, get you guys a feel for it, and then let you make your own characters after. And we could really be mean. We could I could generate a couple characters, let you guys get a feel for it, get them killed off, and then you bring in your new characters to replace them. Because that's actually how that game works. It's not surprising to lose characters and gain new characters as you go. It's up to the games master. It's really kind of just role playing one hundred and one. But yeah, but it um, sounds like if it's easy, then that makes it to me a lot better for people to be able to get into it and do it. You don't want to try to jump into something too complicated. Yeah, I mean, well, I think getting using pre-generated characters, and this is kind of what they're doing with the Cyberpunk Red. So they've given you the start, this little uh, jump, what they call a jump start box set. So it's okay. not, it's the rules, but it's not. It's not the Cyberpunk rules, it's not the official. I will be so happy when all that drops, finally. I'm already excited know, about the video game. Do you know when it's going to drop? Or? No, not for the RPG. After the video game drops, then they'll do a big release on the actual role-playing game. But what it's done is giving you a preview of the rules. It gave you pre-generated characters and pre-generated scenarios. So everybody just kind of sits down, grabs some dice, and plays. You get a feel for the world and how the rule system works. And the oh, nice thing about this too, Cyberpunk Red, which I don't know if that's going to be its official RPG name, is the same rule system as the Witcher RPG. Same rule system. Okay. So anyone, if you like me and have both systems and you do like delving into fantasy every now and then, it's going to be really easy to pick up because there's no difference between the, the core rules. Combat works exactly the same. You still have shooting. Now you've got magic in Witcher, which you don't have in Cyberpunk. But it's still the same basic principle. And it's a simple rule system. You're mostly using 2d10, and that's it. I mean, there's other dice involved for damage and stuff, but for the most part, it's 2d10 for almost everything you do. Combat, and I will tell you how simple this system is. Combat works like this. You have your attribute, 
you have your combat skill. You add a d10 to that. You shoot at the person, for example. They roll their attribute plus their evade skill plus a d10. If your number is higher, you hit them. If their number is lower or higher, you didn't hit them. And that's it. End of story. That's it. So there is no big tons of bonus dice you got to worry about. There's no a bunch of this extra. There's no, oh, it's this plus two. It's blah, 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 plus whatever. It's just, here yeah. it is. This, well, this is it. That's good because some of the games me and you have played, you got to look back at the rule book. Well, yeah, you got to keep flipping. And you still do with this in the beginning. But I think after a few, even probably a, I'd say half hour playing with any any competent gamer, you're gonna, you're just gonna be like, okay, this is this, this is this, this is this. End of story. Just turning around here. Yeah, well, they. Can. I'm in the middle of a road. Yeah, I'm just turning around. <clears throat> Sorry about the backup alarm. Oh, that's okay. It sensed the cornfield. It does sense the cornfield. I also kind of got off the driveway a little bit, but. Yeah, that's okay. So. Figures we're out in the middle of nowhere on a country road, and the one time I decide to turn around, there's another car. But you know, that's what you know, I mean. You're, just, how does that happen? It's there's, just like there should just I think be anybody just out there. Materialize. Like they're just all of a sudden like this. The, these random people are just driving somewhere, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they realize they're they've they've been teleported somewhere else, but they're in front of another car that's doing something like turning around or or needing to throw a trailer into a yard or something. You know, just. I thought it was just an NPC car. Yeah, it's, it, well, it is basically an NPC car. At least Glitch in the our... Matrix, it just kind of popped out. Yeah, just because it could be. you were turning around. Who knows? Hey, I, my always thought, if we are living in the Matrix, I want to be the dude that says, I really don't care what you're doing, just make me rich. Oh. You know what? You do your world however you want, because really, I, I gotta, when I look at what life is like outside of the Matrix... I'll be honest, it's like I'm pretty much this this malnourished human living in a world of robots. There's no sky. You can't grow crops. Food is whatever you scavenge, and then at some point that's going to run out. You're lucky if you have animals. Yeah, you know what? Just leave me in the coffin and use me as a battery. As long as I, I'm rich in this world, this little fake virtual world, I, I don't care. <laughs> wow. Because I'm just... That's true. So, anyway, That's moving on. <laughs> that was tangent over. There you go. Tangent done. Yep. Brought to you by Clint today on yes. this sunny day. But, um, yeah, role, the role play, we don't touch on a lot of role playing, and I, I'd like to do more touching on, <laughs> on, on role playing games because there are so many out there that everyone would get into. I mean, there's so many genres, and with uh, White Wolf starting to release the old rules again. So you're going to start having Vampire the Masquerade. It's now been re-released in the old rule system. So it's just basically an updated version, which is cool. You can also buy the 40th Anniversary Edition, which is also really cool. Uh, but, boy, you pay for that. I mean, it's $100 for just the main book. Oh. Wow. But I, I like to see... I'm glad to see White Wolf is going back to their old system because a lot of people are really kind of tired of the new system. And there are those that love the new system. I am not one of them. I'm a little purist when it comes to Werewolf. Uh, you've always got Rifts and Palladium stuff. They, they're core rules that they just keep churning out expansion books for and updates for and revise this or that every now and then. And it's a it's a long-term come-back-to-play high sci-fi role-playing game. Or Palladium Fantasy is their basically version of D&D using their rule system. It's actually really good because it intermingles. 
Now you can get sick and do a lot of stuff with that, say playing Palladium Fantasy, but your characters walk around with a rail gun, which is kind of interesting. I mean, we did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Riff's characters in it, and that was actually a lot more fun than we thought because of the two characters being so powerful and not knowing anything about modern society. So you've got these two what they called warlock marines, which are basically wizards with power armor, uh, these suits that are basically power armor, environmental power, because they're from space. Yeah. But they're super strong. They're highly intelligent. But now you're in, you're in you know, Turtles 1980s New York. Wow. They've never seen a car. They don't know what a car horn is. They don't know what a ferry boat is. I mean, they, most of them, they're usually in space. Some don't even know what really what a lake or a river is. Now we're going to drop them into Manhattan in the 80s. So the first thing you encounter are people with boom boxes on their shoulders and spiky hair. And, and and to a point, you can adapt. I mean, they did. But, like, trying to shut off the car alarm on the Mercedes where the one just ripped the door off because he was so strong that he didn't realize that that's exactly what he would have done. And he just shredded the door. Or the fact that none of them spoke the language. So the first people they, they encounter are ganger types swearing and yelling at them so of course they assume this is language in this culture and yeah when they go to try to contact people they need to contact for what they're doing their greeting is kind of like screw you and go yourself and stuff like that because they didn't know so god we had so much fun with that one because it was just they, the, the, the two friends that were playing the brother these two brothers were just so in character with it it was just hilarious. And then they, they run across the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which these guys would just make mincemeat of anyway. But there they got these reptilians with swords, which really would be that uncommon for these. In fact, that's probably the most common thing that these brothers would have run into here. But it just didn't fit. So it was great. Uh, one of them didn't want to get on the ferry boat because he wasn't quite sure where it went or what it did. And it was really slow. So that he just flew instead in broad daylight in New York on a Tuesday, and he's flying across the bay because they can just hover and fly because of their magic. Uh, you know, I had him attacked by a street gang with switchblades and knives, and these guys' power, the, the, their power armor is, is in rifts or in Palladium's world, mega damage. So without going into a ton of detail, it's basically like they're wearing a tank. Only it's quite breathable and flexible. So, so to get stabbed, the knife blade just shatters. It doesn't bend, it just shatters. Well, that's, that's kind of good. They, they punch them, and it's it's just like, no matter how hard this guy punches, it, it, it doesn't even bruise their skin because they're these high-end creatures. And then if they punch back, they basically cause the guy's head to explode because they're so strong that they just destroy the person. Well, that's a, that sounds they're overpowered. They're, then, they're overpowered. But it was interesting to have these two overpowered characters out of their element big time. So, in, in, in the one ganger, he went to push him out of the way. And even a push will kill these people. They're just that strong. So, as the game goes, mega damage versus structural damages, it's a 1 to 100 ratio. So, one point of the mega damage is equal to 100 points of structural damage in the game. So if I were to push something and do one point of mega damage to it, I'm doing 100 points of structural damage. Structural damage being doors or whatever. Okay, that's great, but a human being usually has 20 or 30 structural damage points. At minimum, this guy is on a push. Just shoving someone is doing 100. 
three times what a human body can handle. Oh, wow. So if he were just to flick his nose with it, he'd, he'd just crush their face. At one point during one of the games, they had mega-damaged characters with non-mega-damaged character, and the one mega-damaged character decided to punch his buddy in the shoulder who was not mega-damaged and not in his armor. And the GM's like, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, yeah, it's friendly. He's like, okay, you kill him. <laughs> because oh, wow. he did a fist, he just kind of hit him in the shoulder. He's like, oh, I just hit him in the shoulder. But like, you weren't restraining your punch. You do 200 points of, of structural damage to a character that can handle 30. He's yeah. a pasty, meaty, dead thing next to you. Pasty, meaty. Just, I mean, it, it would have just crushed everything in this guy's body. Wow. So it's, it's hilarious because, you know, you think of it. In modern world, the only thing that's mega damage is like a tank or a concrete bunker, and even then, they are like ten. I think a, an Ankin Abrams tank is is a hundred mega damage, which in rifts means that one shot from a standard pistol will go right through it, because in rifts, a lot of guns the minimum they do is forty points of mega damage. So it'll destroy most things. Yeah, a little toddler with a handout pistol could take down a tank. It's just, it's a really offset, you have to understand the system, but boy, it, it can be fun. I don't do a lot with structural damage stuff because it's pretty weak and the math is kind of sucky. But in, in all reality, if you're playing it as, as it would have played out, it's hilarious and messy at the same time. Hilarious and messy. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and you, but as role-playing goes, I like Whoa. rule systems that are realistic, even if they're not realistic to this world, but realistic in their own world. And that's the way my wife always put it. It's it's true to its world. Well, okay, that makes it a lot better, though, if it's true to the environment yeah. you're supposed to be gaming in. And if you can't tell, Clint here really likes role-playing games. Yeah. He actually likes to be the storyteller or yeah, the dungeon I, master I, I or whatever them. you'd like to call them. Yeah. I love coming up with the stuff and throwing it at the players. And we've had so many humorous moments with things. Uh, and if you're a good... If you're really good at being a GM, you can kind of keep players in line that are unruly. Um, I've punished a couple players for some of their behaviors. That they, they're just kind of... Well, I, I turned a chaos, chaotic person good, and he did not like that. It was hilarious how it happened, but he did not like that. But he, he said that was one of the best role-playing sessions he'd ever done, too. And his character was awesome, even as a bad guy. It really was. But the fact that he, he inadvertently saved an entire ship's worth of, well, dead crew members by releasing their tortured souls, which is kind of what he does, is torture souls, because he's a demon from hell. Wow. It, 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 was, it was hilarious. <laughs> it just, he didn't do it on purpose, and it would take a long time to explain the whole premise of what happened, but it was funny. And he ended up he didn't really become good at the end. He he became he went from a chaotic alignment to a neutral alignment, well, not but, by choice. But just by listening to you, you can tell you really enjoy it. So that's the thing with gaming, you guys. You just gotta have fun and enjoy what it is you're doing. And uh, Clint has a lot of imagination and a lot of coffee. Yeah, so that's true. It'll keep you going. I it'll like the monster coffees. Well, that's not okay. only do we have the coffee, but we have all the energy drink stuff with it. Because <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Keep gaming, yeah. But yes. Well, in Twilight 2000, the, not the first time I played it, but the one, 
the one big group we played in, we played an entire weekend. And I do mean an entire weekend. We started Friday night and ended Sunday night. Oh, wow. That was a Jeez. long campaign. At one point in that campaign, we actually ended ended up with an intercont- a Russian intercontinental ballistic missile carrier with an intercontinental ballistic missile on it. So, a nuke. And we didn't want the nuke, so they decided to shoot that at Poland. Oh. Because Poland was close by. Because <laughs> it was Well, we were by. playing in Poland, so in or around Poland, Czechoslovakia. So we wanted the nuke, so they figured out how to fire it, and they shot it off and destroyed Poland with it, and then we used that nu- that nuke carrier. So I want to back up just for a second, sorry. So we used that carrier to haul all our stuff with. So we put all our ammo and fuel on the same truck, which then we got into a firefight with later, and a stray rocket round hit the side of the truck, which blew up all our fuel and ammunition. Let's just do a live one with the group and see if they want to do that. Live a role playing? Yeah. I thought about that actually. I tried to figure out how we could make that work, but yes. Well now I don't want to go in the house and work. Yeah, but unfortunately you. I gotta I clean up storm damage either, and yeah. there's lots of trees here to cut. But well, thanks for the ride, Clint. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. We'll get this up, too. I've got the other one we did yesterday. and Yeah. We'll put one up one day and one up the next day for you guys. How's that? Yeah, sounds If you good. have any suggestions, email us or let us know. Or thank you for keeping the group going. Ed, our YouTube channel. I am happy. It's now up. It's now gotten up to 56 members, Clint. Oh, cool. Yeah. It just That's keeps good. growing. Maybe one or two here and there a day. So... You guys want to subscribe? That'd be great. We got to get to a thousand before we can do things like live streaming from the phone or something. So it would make it a lot easier. Matter of fact, if everybody in our group subscribed, we'd be good. Yeah, indeed. Yep. All right, you guys. We'll let you go. You guys have a good day. I have a bunch of work to do. Clint. So do I. Yep. Yep. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep.